This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Talking Dirty. I think you could be in for a rather exciting ride uh, if our pre-podcast chat is anything to go by. Over at East Ruston Old Vicarage, looking kind of calm at the moment, but that might change. We have Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. Well, on this cold morning, it's enough to freeze your what's-the-names off, <laughs> because we have a cold northeasterly wind, which is horrid here on the northeast coast of Norfolk. But down in Cambridge here with a sunny smile, we have Thordis Maria Sophia Fredrickson, looking absolutely stripy wonderful. Very stripy today, but really I, I can't do battle with the, the full fashion parade that's coming to us from somewhere near Penzance. Joining us in a long-awaited appearance on Talking Dirty, we have the brains behind Surreal Succulents. We've got on the one side Dan Michael, on the other side Mark Lee. Loving your lumberjack shirts, guys. You, lumberjack. <laughs> I brought you down to my level. <laughs> Lumber Dan. Though, though, Mark, I think you might have something a little bit more floral going on underneath that jacket. Oh, yeah. Thank you, giving us a twirl, covered in flowers. Alan, I could see that in your wardrobe. Yeah, you could. You could indeed. What does it say on the front? Hype? I think it says hype, hype on the front. Hype. Yeah. Uh, it's all about succulent <laughs> hype. Before we get stuck into the plants, and I think this is going to be a pretty giddy episode, do you have any middle names to share, guys? Uh, you go first. I'm, I've just got um, a Daniel James, Michael. Very, very solid. Um, what about you, Mark? That's not his name. DJ Michael. <laughs> He's known as um, Succulent Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's at home. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And Mark? Um, Mark Han Solo Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, Richard. Mark Richard Lee. I've immediately got some sort of Aeonium lightsaber hybrid thing going on. I just imagine you like brandishing an Aeonium across the nursery. Anyone I'm upset with Dan. <laughs> now, guys, um, if people listen to this podcast um, or watch it every week, they will know that we've been talking about you since we had a very fun chat with you at the Chelsea Flower Show. Your absolutely stupendous gold medal award winning stand, uh, rightly deserving that medal. You had quite an exciting show. You launched your Semponium. I know you've got lots more of those up your sleeve, but it's, it's so brilliant for you to join us today uh first of all let's get a bit of your backstory a bit of, of surreal succulents where where are you guys sort of how did it start where did your love of succulents come from well it started years ago so i started working on st michael's mount uh in cornwall uh, and there's a gardener and did you just seeing these plants in the garden yeah i did well, yeah <laughs> just seeing these plants in the garden just got i just got addicted straight away obviously then the addiction grew and then i had to get obviously find more and more and then add uh, more to the collection year after year and I think I started about I always forget the year of it but about 2005 something like that so so was it 17 years of collecting now so quite a lot of plants over well over 2,000 varieties now it used to be 2,000 but it's definitely well over 2,000 now so 
quite a few. He lived on St. Michael's Mount as well. I lived there for eight years as well, yeah. yeah. And had his children. Four children over there, so so quite an experience. Can can they walk on the level? Uh, No, no, they're all all just walking. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, which way the tides go. A lot like me. (laughs) It's actually an amazing place to sort of develop a love of of succulent plants. For anyone who hasn't been to St. Michael's Mount, it, it is... I think a, a day in your life that will stay with you forever if you get to visit. Yeah, they've got it's loads of little microclimates within the gardens. You learn the measure there and you can plant accordingly to, to the situation. But they thrive. They love, they've got the, the heat of the sea. They've got the, the reflected light of the sun off, off the sea as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really incredible climate. So it, it's definitely worth visiting that place, definitely. So, Mark, when did you come onto the scene? I lived a complete opposite life to Daniel because um, he just grew up on a rock in, in the bay. <laughs> Mark grew under the sea. <laughs> yeah. um, well, basically, me and Dan knew each other as little nippers running around in um, Penzance. When I left school, you know you have your careers interview. I went to my careers advisor and she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a professional surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the shirt. She yeah. said, how are, you, how are you going to do that? And I just said, well, not come to school and practice surfing a bit more. <laughs> um, and then when I turned 18, I became a beach lifeguard. And I did that for um, 12 years. But I had a big accident in amongst all of that. And um, someone's parents said to me, what are you going to do with, you know, what are you going to do? So I ended up doing my degree in 3D ceramic design with my supporting studies in wood and metal. And then on the year of graduating, I got a job teaching at um, Falmouth University. And then whilst I was there, I taught on um, a course called Contemporary Crafts, which used to specialise in wood, metal, ceramics, plastic and glass, and then also taught on product design. Um, And then I worked uh, for the research department there as well. And I basically saw all my students becoming really successful, winning awards and this, that, the other. So I thought I was going to leave and just, I was going to get into kind of doing like architectural garden room designs. I've got quite a passion for sort of renovation and property my family are builders um and then i bumped into dan and after a few kind of barbecues and drunken nights rekindling our friendship ended up in um partnership with him so business partnership and that's five years ago <laughs> five years ago <laughs> yeah well, five years it's not always business because Dan, I just say one thing uh, mark you know your own business best <laughs> <laughs> so it was um it was good for me because I, you know, I had a, a we've got obviously our nursery located in Tremendous Sculpture Gardens that have been going, what, a year, year and a bit? Uh, three, three years. Three years, yeah. okay. Yeah. Time warp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, like instantly that season I could start, you know, doing my designs, my ideas. Um, and we wanted to push the shows, didn't we? Yeah, you were looking for a sort of garden design and I'd, I'd started doing, <clears throat> whilst working at the university, kind of garden design for sort of, you know, just... People I, people I knew and things like that to get my portfolio going. So Dan kind of um, twisted my arm so hard I couldn't say no. And then... Um, it still hurts, no? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I've, you know, I've always been into plants. So granddad used to sort of take me down to his allotment um, every time my mum couldn't stand me. And, uh, you know, I've always been around plants. Um, I've always sort of kept plants at home. Like if there was no surf one day, like me and my friends were like... A bit bored. Let's go make a cactisserie, which I don't even know if that is a thing. But we went to the garden centre, chose a pot, had a cactus competition, and then went to our mum's to judge it, sort of thing, you know, and plant it up. So we've always just kind of messed around with plants. You always lose, though. 
It's the taking part that counts. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to mention that bit. But... No, we're not competitive. Um, me, me and Dan have some quite good um, grow-offs as well. Yeah. But I've actually, which I've actually, you know, defeated the myth, the man, the legend, what? succulent Dan. You see, he used, he used Roundup on mine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we kind of gone down this, um, you know, because Dan's, Dan. Dan's textbook, uh, Horticulture, Whereas when I kind of joined in, it's like he's got all these, you know, a lot of people that collect succulents do it in pots, in greenhouses. And, you know, it's just that's it sort of thing. Whereas I'm like, I, I want to get it outside. I want to, you know, want to see what plants can live all year round. Went a bit nerdy on it because like, I used to grow um, aquarium coral as well. When I had my big accent, I couldn't walk for a while. So I got um, really into like trace elements and science. So um, and also my degree in ceramics was a lot of alchemy. Um, so I managed to kind of see it as a transferable skill into, you know, trace elements, micronutrients. Um, we have interesting chats about um, that rock that Dan used to live on, about kind of, um, you know, acid rain, gra yeah, granite, granite minerals, what certain mm. plants respond to it, why they grow. Yeah. So I basically take all of our plants and just, you know, give them a hard life outside and see what survives. Then I look at what part of the country or the world they come from, um, what colour they are, try and link that to a similar plant, see if that survives. And we just kind of gone from there and we're just trying to build up like a, a portfolio of bulletproof mm. UK hardy succulents. Um, There's a lot now. There's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. And then that's kind of that spurred on, um, you know, there's people that breed things that are really ornamental. There's, I mean, there's millions of hybrids and things like that coming mm. out now. But I've gone like, Dan, can you make something I can grow outside, please? Sort of thing, you know, which kind of, you know, inspired hardy breeding and symponiums yeah. and stuff so and i think that's i mean incredibly exciting that uk hardy succulent that is a term that i think lots of people it is prick up and they just think brilliant this is something that i can try and, and not worry about wasting my money and um and so i suppose that's part of how you've managed to grab so much attention and um particularly that symponium that got everybody talking at chelsea crasher lacy well known for playing around with each other and you can, there's so many different crosses around the planet and i'd never seen a, a aeonium cross sempervivum before so i thought well that's got to be that's got to be something that i've got to try be nice to to be able to name it and all, all of that as well so so we took the pollen off of the aeonium he hybridized the aeonium with the sempervivum and ripened the seed on the sempervivum some provivums are hardy to minus 20. Some aeoniums are very tender and mm. sort of keel over at three degrees. And I also used a hardier uh, variety of aeonium as well. So that which had survived down to minus three. So we're hoping that those, those genetics have been picked up in, in the seed batches. So they're still being tested. And also, also if, if we haven't got it now, we've got a more compatible plant that will yeah. go back into some provivum. And we started doing as that. we found out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was um it was a pretty amazing journey because once we created them, we had to keep it a secret for a couple of years because Dan's a bit um I don't know what the right word seed is. Crook. No, yeah, seed seed crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the word. He's a bit OCD about you know what what plants we release because there's there's so many weak hybrids and mm. um things like that. that oh, you can, yeah, it has, to, it has to be tried and tested with us. So if we get a new plant, even if it's like the world's most popular hybrid, Dan has to grow it for a year. At least. To get it through one winter to, to feel like, you know, he mm. knows that plant well enough to put it on our website. 
Um, so the Semponiums had to go through a couple of winners, didn't they? And then when we when we had a few numbers, we took them home to test outside mm. before we told anyone. You know, so we, we kind of tried them. And then um, when, two, three years, we've had them in the garden. So yeah. and they're still there. So. And then we let the cat out the bag. And then we sort of, we, we talked <laughs> to the RHS just before the pandemic, just going, we, we think we've got something really cool, but we don't know what to do. And they, we had to get it accredited by a botanist, wasn't it? So we had to kind of, it was really weird because I had to send off... Um, leaves because we didn't want to send them a full plant and then we're like, what if they what if they like tissue culture or what if they do this we do that like, we just didn't know what was going on and that, yeah. that was good though because we, is it julian short sure, yeah he um botanist the rhs he started getting like really into it um we built a level of, a level of trust um but he confirmed that it was a, a true intergenetic cross species hybrid and then we went to the rhs um, who originally wanted to call it Semperonium, wasn't it? Semperonium, yeah. Which we weren't just allowed didn't to call fall it. Off the tongue as we well. weren't allowed to call it Semperonium. And then no. when they did more testing, they said, "You've done it, guys or Dan. Um, you can call it what you want." So it was yeah. Semperonium was born. Then we did the Chelsea press conference. Um, the year it was cancelled and postponed and cancelled. <laughs> um, so it was quite cool because we, like, we got up, um, invited up on the stage to talk a little bit about it. Um, yeah, no one really knew. You know, it's amazing, but no one there really understood it because we're not that mm. great at explaining. <laughs> well, I mean, um, we—I'd obviously read about it before we came to Chelsea, but it's—it's. It's, I think something else when you then clapping eyes on this actual real life plant. I mean, Alan, I don't think I'll ever forget the moment when there was you just falling in love with this plant. It was love at first sight. <laughs> well, it was Mark, really. I mean, I have to say that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was it was really nice because in actual fact, I mean, you know, we're all we've all been trying to to grow these things outside. I have the whole I don't do it anymore. But for 25 years, my front courtyard outside my front door, it's cold and shady in the winter. But in the summer, it's baking hot. And it, it was it was an entrance drive. So it's very gravelly soil. And I used to bed it out with succulents, echeverias mainly and aeoniums every year. Um, problem was when you get aeoniums and they get to a decent size, say three feet, a metre tall, um, bits fall off all the time. They're a bit like people. (laughs) (laughs) Bedding out becomes a chore and then you get fed up with it and you do it for 25 years and you think, I've had enough, I'm not doing it anymore. But one of the things I did notice, both with Echeverias and with aeoniums, and I think it's probably mainly um, Schwarzkopf and maybe... um, voodoo seedlings would appear the following year and quite often these seedlings appear in strange places you know the seed will be blown to the base of a wall or the bottom of a hedgerow where it's dry in the winter that answers a few questions doesn't it because you know if you can keep these plants dry um they will take a little bit more frost probably than oh yeah 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 ordinarily but i mean you know it's it it was fascinating whilst i did it um, and then to see you two guys with um, Sienna, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sienna, yeah. We had all um, of them on uh, preview, but Sienna was the, the actual release. We've only released one so far. Well, see, Sienna was the one that I bought, wasn't it? Yes. Or yeah. did you give it to me? No, you're not that generous. I bought, <laughs> I bought it and you gave me another one. I gave you, uh, I gave you alien pomegranate. You did, yeah. That's Good right. memory. Just checking. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you gave everybody at that show. Because Dan, uh, Daniel uh, beat me profusely for giving stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You just go to Marlon, so that doesn't matter. 
how, how are they getting on? They're well, they're well, yeah, they are. They're very well. I've got a, in, in our large greenhouse, I've got my own bench, which is which nobody else is allowed to touch or water or anything. Um, because, you know, when you have people working for you, there's, and if they, if, you know, if somebody kills something that belongs to you, you hold the grudge for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little look then from Dan to Mark. <laughs> I've got a story about someone killing something very precious to you. So yeah. I, um, I, I started renovating my house and I, um, I, I, I grow orchids and I managed to get a, a really rare orchid. Well, it's not, I don't think it's rare, it's just hard to come by. So it's Grammatophyllum. Grammatophyllum scriptum canichum or something. So it's like one of the giant tiger orchids. It flowers for like three or four months with a really nice sort of lemony, balmy fragrance. And I had this big um, extension built uh, on my old house with big skylights. So I thought I've like, you know, I've got perfect conditions. It likes, it likes the heat. If I can just figure out the humidity. So I grew it for a couple of years and I started renovating. I lent it to Dan. And <laughs> I've, never it again I've never seen it again soon. Yeah, they are fully classified. <laughs> and I've never seen one for sale again. It, it came with a really horrible virus. I'm sure it had. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Got COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the only known case of transference from person to, to orchid. That's where it came from, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you say um you're saying that about you know succulents can survive the cold if they're dry, because like a lot of echeverias in Mexico will go to sort of minus eight, minus ten at night. Mm. And when we when we do garden design, we try and you know create a really, really free draining mix because you can add more water in the summer, but you can't take it away in the winter. So we, we kind of gear up the gardens for winter mm. rather than, you know, what's going to make them grow best in the summer. What do you think about the current trend for planting in sand beds? Um, sand does actually stay quite wet. Yeah. You know, like we... I mean, I'm, I'm got... presuming this is sad, is, is a kind of gritty sand, not like beach sand. Yeah. It's, yeah. We've... I mean, Tremonier's got some, like, the, the, where we where we have the nursery, we sometimes help them with some planting and things like that. They've got some really sharp draining bits yeah. of the garden. But, I mean, yeah, it's, if it works for people where, you know, where it normally wouldn't, then just you, go for it. You're not going to get the growth rates this, that you, uh, you would. Yeah, gravel gardens and sand gardens, are, mm. you know, people are, are recognising that now. Um mm. The whole range of plants that can go in there but i think the other thing that i've noticed is that seaside gardens quite often i mean if you go to for instance if you go to a place like sheringham which is about 12 miles up the coast from here from where i am and you know it's right on the sea um but there are ter rows of terraced houses and they quite often have aeoniums or echeverias in their gardens the whole year round yeah. and that is because i mean they are so free draining i mean it is i mean it's practically beach shingle um that's what they're growing in and that works. We'll show you some, some plants in a minute, but basically all they need is just sucked up into the leaves and the stem. Mm. And it's not like a rose where it needs, you know, continual feed. Yeah. Yeah. It literally just mm. grabs it all and stores it. And, and I think that's what people perhaps ought to be a little bit more aware of is that succulents, I mean, cacti, we know they're just a lump of, of green flesh that swallows water and stores it. But succulents do the same in their leaves because they have thick leaves, quite a lot of them, and also their stems. So they store water as well. So the thing is, if you've got them, I mean, let them dry out during the winter. They'll tell you when they need water because the, the I mean, uh, I always think the aeonium leaves go slightly wrinkly. In other words, they start to shrink a little bit and then you oh, it needs a drink. Come on. 
you know, it's over water. It's a hard one explaining about how to keep onions because they're, they're growing, they go summer dormant. Yeah. Too hot, they shut down. I mean, they're the easiest plants in the world to look after because they just do what they want. If they, you know, if, they can do, if it's too hot, they'll, they'll go dormant. They don't need anything. And then mm. when they, they're growing, but over winter, you get these optimum sort of growing periods. So if you see the lower leaves drying up and getting crispy, they do need a drink, but you need yeah. to make sure they're dry enough if we get a, you know, frost comes in. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And a heat wave. But you can just, mm. you can just use, um, we use horticultural fleece and we've, we've got a thicker micron fleece that we kind of sell off our website that mm. protects the minus 10. So it's a bit, um, a bit heavier, a bit thicker than the sort of normal stuff. You're sitting there in a tunnel, and you've got between you. There's something coming between you, and I mean, it's, it's, it's. Uh... <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> it's, a, it, it's an Ionian behind you with oh, a one. Right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is is that a variety called um, Voodoo? Ionium Cyclops. This one. Cyclops. Sister Cyclops as well. It's Voodoo's sister. Sister Cedar. When, right. we're, when we're talking about stems, how about that? For people listening to the audio version, I mean, this is like a sapling tree. I mean, it's got a really proper trunk. Yeah. Yeah. And this is probably, you know, you could get it to this within three to five years. And then um, they're called Cyclops for two reasons. A lot of people think it's because they don't offset. So, because it's just got a single head and no kind of babies. But if you if you feed the plants enough, that's another another kind of myth about sucklings. Everyone starves the poor things. But um, basically, when it when we get to summer and the light levels get get um, hotter, um, this will change colour to red and it has this like green centre that you know because it grows it, it, as it's going to dormancy and it looks like the eye of the mythical beast, um, the, the cyclops. So, yeah. But, Really fun, really fun plants to grow. Um, just just referring back to the symponiums, um, you know, we've got big, tall things with yuccas and, and tall aeniums, and then we've got small, small things like sempervivums and echeveria. But the, the symponiums are a good middle height for us to use in our garden design. Well, some, some, that aren't, was a, some aren't, yeah, one some, isn't, some aren't, some aren't. <laughs> but that was, that was a really nice thing, um, you know, because when you're, when you're showing plants and trying to get a, a gold medal, um, you, you've got to kind of, you've got to have height, you've got to have detail, you, you know, layers, you want plants at all different, yeah, all different mm. layers and that. And the, the, the symponiums, I was so excited when we're three years in and it's like, whoa, you know, we, we had some start to flower for the, the flower, first time. Quite a short, short height as well, which is really interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really cool for us because we've just got more things to design with, mm. more, more palette. Are Samponiums similar to Aeoniums in the fact that the flowering spike then dies when it's finished? It's yeah, the yeah. Set, set seed and then that, that rosette dies. We've, same with Sempervivums, yes. They both yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. We found yeah. they tend to offset at the base after flowering, which some Aeoniums don't do, some of the monocarpic yeah. ones. Mm. But Aeoniums are strange things because I had a, um, a Voodoo, which is Cyclops' sister, yeah. that had got really unwieldy and too tall so i chopped the chopped the stem in half i rerouted the top bit and i left the old stem in the pot and it then produces offsets which is very loath to do normally so yeah. I've, i was I, i'm quite lucky in that respect it don't, they don't always do that though do they i'll show you let me Not show you always, this no. is that this is whole thing we'll, we'll get into we'll get into feeding so this is the same plant all right yeah it's just um when when you feed them more they offset so that's astonishing. 
you can see this one's not very cyclops look at cyclops and his friends <laughs> so they do offset from the base a lot as well because so, because of one of the parent plants is uh, aeonium undulatum which is a species and that one offsets from the base yeah that's where it's got that from i need to ask you guys a question please because you say you say feed a lot um Dan, you said that in midsummer they they kind of go dormant in midsummer. They do, yeah, yeah. So my so, question is to you: When do you feed? So spring and autumn is when you feed feed aeoniums. We like to we kind of ideally we like to shut all of our plants down with feed by the end of summer. So yeah. because then if they've got less food in there, they're, they're less lush going into winter, and that yeah. makes them hardier plants for the winter. Quite, yeah. So ideally in the spring, when it, when it warms up, when the last frosts are gone and you can make sure you can protect them from any late frosts, then yeah, pop them up. We like to just take all the old soil off, refresh the roots. They send out new roots, they pull in more nutrients. We even bury like the taller stem ones, we bury them deeper in the pots. So then that actually stabilizes the plant as well. And then they put new roots out. I, you know, cause I'm growing things outside. Um, so, when they when they're grown outside you, you'd be surprised they get even bigger than what you what you see here yeah. I mean, we've got here we, you know we're controlling the water in we're trying not to get any spotting for shows and things like that but you know you you see the stems like as, as thick as your your arms sort of thing you know certainly on the, well, the maybe my arms but not yours <laughs> <laughs> um you know they they, they grow so much he's, he's, so he, much he's quicker. been playing with a lot of stems haven't you so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm afraid um I haven't played rugby for a couple of years because I wasn't allowed to because we were going to go to Chelsea. You kept injuring yourself. And, and then you kept we, injuring yourself. And then we had um, the pandemic, so I've actually shrunk. I have to give up football, <laughs> you have to give up rugby. <laughs> we are learning so much in this podcast already. My mind is sort of exploding with all the, all the info I'm trying to uh, absorb. Um, what plant are you going to sh show us next? <laughs> Mark's just pulled out his shirt. Um, well, whilst we're still on aeoniums, uh, I'll show you some more aeoniums, but the, the most amazing thing is the flowers. Um, so th this is this, very this, early this, flowering. This, yeah, they, they flower um, in the spring. Um, you might see them start to, to go into flower. February um, to June. In, yeah. At the end of the winter. Mm. They get, you know, we've had some so, such mild winters, they get really confused. So my mum sent me a picture saying, I've got this in flower. How weird it's winter. And I said, well, actually it started flowering in sort of October, but you don't get in your garden to have a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. But, um, you know, they, they flower for, for months and months. Mm. You see, there's still loads to, to open here. And cause it, all the, you've got all the stored energy in the stem, um, you know, and the flowers can be, you know, like three foot high, mm. you know, so the, these, these, Kind of cyclops would be six foot high. This one, this one you'll have a flower spike even bigger. That's a flower spike there. That's coming into flower. So yeah. that'll be yeah. well, that'll be ready for the bees. This one, this when, one sadly hasn't. Yeah, it's ready for the flies. Yeah. <laughs> Cornish flies. So when um basically when the heads elongate and it starts to turn into you know a triffid is coming into flower. Um and a lot of people get sad about flower. And I think only flowers need to be celebrated because it just you know you've got this massive golden scepter in your garden for months it looks like it looks like a golden christmas tree yeah and just flowering yeah. and flowering for ages a bit there's, early about that one there's so much um <laughs> or late there's, a, there's so much food in them as well for for wildlife um you know you just see loads of bees just exhausted and drunk on the nectar just hanging out on them um 
and that's that's one thing we're really excited about um because you know i know we got a gold medal at, at chelsea and stuff but we? Oh. we can um you're too drunk to remember <laughs> yeah i know we can um we can show the same sort of thing but with flowers yeah you know, we had one, we had one Hopefully. late, late flowering in, in Nabil. Um, but, you know, we can have the same thing with all these massive scepters and just try and take it to the next level. So I'll show you, hold that down. Yeah. I'll show you. Um, it's got scent to it, Mark. I'll show you. This is. It's nice. I thought it was your cologne. God, I love this one. Onium um, Tabla Forme. Um, nicknamed Fabliforme because it's fabulous. <laughs> it grows with the um, Fibonacci spiral, and this is actually um, a good. And that'll flower at the middle. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. It's quite good for indoors. It is tender, so you need to protect it from frost. But they basically, you see, we've got a tiny sort of pot. It's grown in. They, they're very happy pot bound. Mm. Um, we use them, you know, in cracks in walls and things like that, and they can look quite good just for a, a season. You know, if you've got like the drainage holes in a wall what do you call them retaining walls and they have the like drainage holes we pop these in there and generally um that because you've got that body of soil behind it it will keep it frost free mm. so you can do some really funky things with this plant there's a very similar one called um glanzerosum that um it's pink yeah, yeah when yeah. It, just before it flowers it goes completely uh, and that also has a variegated form doesn't it there is a there is a variegated form of um yeah tablet for me it's, yeah. it's not stable though no. uh, once that plant flowers they might take it take leaf cuttings of it but and this yeah. is a species a as species, well species yeah the thing about that one is it does erupt from the middle and it comes it erupts like a volcano and, and then <laughs> it looks rather rude actually <laughs> <laughs> and, you know each day you can come down and say mommy's got bigger <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah stop saying that now <laughs> and then of course it does flower and it dies yeah, but the, the, the this is what I think people don't know, and you correct me on this if I'm wrong. This type can self-pollinate and self-seed. Self-fertile, yeah. Self-fertile. So a lot mm. of people get, oh, that's it sort of thing. But you then have hundreds of seeds. Mm. Thousands. Uh, thousands. You get thousands you can, of them. You can plant. get this as big as yeah. a dustbin lid as well. Oh. Yeah. What's the aeonium called that has the big red flor floral display? Nabil. We've got that next. Yeah, that's right. Nobile. Nobile. <laughs> Noble, noble. <laughs> you say noble, I say noble. <laughs> I call it the cabbage. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So this is another species of medium. That when it flowers is just so exciting because the inflorescence is a bright, bright red. And I mean, it bright is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Now, I've, I've had this flower um, and I have grown some of the seeds, some seedlings from it as well. How big was your knob, Bill? Basically, it's Anium Nabil or Nabali, and we, we call it Nob for short. Yeah, just, just can you go and grab the Nob, please? Yeah. It makes life easier, doesn't it? Should we take a Nob to the show? Yeah, let's take a Nob. <laughs> one Nob. God, it's too driving up but, there. I say one thing, just I wouldn't go without one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, a cabbage. We talked about the thick leaves. You can really yep. you know, start to see it on um, plants. It does have quite a, a big fat stem in the in the middle um, when they get taller. Um, but yeah, amazing plant. You take a light frost. There's one you'd have to sort of fleece to grow outside yeah. all year round. Yeah. And then if you if you were to give um, these these two plants to succulent Dan, he would then hybridise them. It's not in the best condition, so this wouldn't make it into a show. But 
This is um, ah. Bill Cross Tabloforme, nicknamed Nobloforme. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought you liked the name of that. I, well, I love, the, I love the way you give these plants names because they're names that ordinary people won't forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this one's Dave. <laughs> Not Richard. Um, Weirdest thing is this is actually harder than both its parents. It's ah. heavy, doesn't it? Doesn't get as affected. I mean, it's still we still class it as tender one to fleece, but it nowhere near looks as bad at the you know at the end of the winter. Has, have you flowered this one yet? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the inflorescence like? Yellow with a orangey tinge, like isn't peach. it? Yeah. Peachy, yellow, yeah. Yellow breaking into. You peach. can see both parents in there. Dad. I love your sensitivity, Mark. Peach. <laughs> it's very peachy this one it's got a lot of peach on his shirt hasn't he peach is very trendy <laughs> i'm trending <laughs> so this, here, this was um again this I had to twist dan's arm to release because he's like it won't be hard it won't be cool and then it was like two years in it's like dan look at it how can you deprive the world of this plant it is it is, it is cool yeah 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 okay it's, now, it's, I- a nice touch as well when you when it's got a nice touch to feel to it, hasn't it? Before you get your next show and tell out, I mean, obviously we mentioned the idea of growing aeonium from seed, which some people might kind of be off put by, might think is going to be challenging. But it, I mean, I haven't tried it lots, but it, it struck me as being fairly easy for people to have a go at. Uh, in the in obviously like all seeds with the correct the correct conditions, there <laughs> they, they are very easy, yeah, but. Uh, well, I find we we find them seeding yeah, all over the floor, but there's little microclimates everywhere in here. I don't know if you watch our Instagram lives, um, but we we basically set up a, a thing of plants and film them. But all in the background, it looks like weeds. <laughs> They're actually baby aeniums. <laughs> I'll get one up in a minute. But just really? in, if you're growing them from seed, just a simple, just a normal seed pan, um, just any. Pan. Or seed tray. So I said pan because it sounds <laughs> sounds different, doesn't it? Sorry. I always say tray, see. You're making it sound yeah. too technical. I know. Seed tray, seed pan, seed pot, whatever. Volume of soil. Volume. <laughs> so so yeah, you just use um like a low nutrient seed compost, um, obviously peat free. And then you just moisten that soil and then it's like a dust, dusting of seed, just dust that over the surface, cover that. I use like a perlite which is quite good. And then I cover that with a, a sheet of cling film or a sheet of uh, or some plastic or a bit of glass and then 20 degrees, but don't put it in full sun. Keep it in the, it's a good time of year to do it now. And you can control the conditions in a, in a greenhouse with a heated mat, 20, 20 degrees. And you should have thousands within a week or 10 days. So yeah, they don't take long. Comes yeah. up like crest. Comes up like crest, it do. <laughs> Yeah. That's one of the, the hardest thing when um, we make our hybrids or Dan makes hybrids is you get you know high germination rate, but then you've got to you've got to just pick oh. the one oh. out of all of that to then be you know to represent that that cross. Mm. And then, you've and then you to... get the, and then you get the feeling, don't you, that that I'm going to pick the so let's say we will pick these ten and the other nine hundred and ninety. <laughs> you dispatch, <laughs> shall we say? Yeah. But yeah. Then, you have, then you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe these won't show their true colours until their second year. Exactly. Yeah, we, we talk about when we 
when we get more space of, of keeping hold of stuff for you know having like a six year cycle rather than yeah six month cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a hard hard thing to do, but yeah. We seem to make the right choices so far. So hopefully. Well, we don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately you never will. You can just have nightmares yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, what's up next? Um so we've got are we on to Echavira? Oh yes. Um, so we thought we just this is just this is probably one of my favourite um, Echavira. So this is Echavira elegance, really common. It's probably um, hard to see against this shirt. Put it against mine. There you go. You can see that a bit better. Um, it's hardy to about minus eight, and it's it's quite a bulletproof, you know, um, plant to grow. You can grow it indoors and grow it outdoors, outside. Yeah. Um, but when the temperatures drop. Um, and this is the whole thing when they when we talk about stress and succulents. A lot of people will, will grow them and not feed them in the in the growing season to get these kind of colours, which you can actually get over winter anyway. So you want to feed them, get them into big strong plants. They they encourages them to offset. And then when the temperatures drop, it will turn into this. So it's just flushed with this gorgeous sort of lilac-y pink. Yeah, and bear in mind we've we've only had our first frost um, last week. No, so yeah you, you'll get this like a really Very lucky this year a really bright pink um and that's the thing i i'm really excited about designing with succulents is you know all you lot now waiting for your foliage to come back and your bulbs to show <laughs> your garden's gonna look you know super tropical all year round and you get and the you know and you'll get the flowers yeah just not as spectacular as you can see you know, it out there in like the freezing cold weather <laughs> I, I can see this becoming a great trend you know for people that have got troughs in their garden i mean stone troughs or wooden troughs or raised beds or whatever they've got oh, um, providing they get the right medium for growing them in yeah. um and and, and they're right sheltered on. and sheltered and dry enough um this could be fabulous i'm loving it and in, in my sort of garden at home and that I, I i grow a lot of succulents under big palms because the palms would be the frost protection so you've got umbrella your, so, yeah so you've got big cut like brahia mata and things like that yeah like we can't use umbrellas in cornwall and then uh <laughs> <laughs> um and you know all, all this party going on underneath it sort of thing and then if if we do get a, a, a frost i can then use the palm tree to hold the fleece up and just yeah. take over everything so you know once you know what you're doing it's you can you can it does achieve, scare you at you night though. it looks like a giant ghost on there you got yeah yeah <laughs> you, get, you get a little bit anxious when it's cold but it's all part of it you know you've just got to just go right if if you're meant to be here you're going to be here yeah. and start of next yeah. spring yeah. <laughs> but yeah i love this you know it just it's, it's just carpets of, and grows it's one of the most common ones but and it sends up um really nice pink flowers um in the spring yeah. i think the the flowers of Echavira uh, remind me of like where fairies live because they're kind of little tiny bell shaped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like them. Oh, is that where fairy, fairies live? I don't know. <laughs> well, exist, some, but... some of them. Some of them <laughs> so, do. Some. Okay. Some live elsewhere. It's like your shirt mark, fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, Echaviras can come in all shapes and sizes. So I'll let I'll let Dan do this one. I don't want to just have an hour of me talking. Bye bye. I'll talk to you. <laughs> so you can you can Sorry. introduce this one. This is this plant in it up to no, the camera. So. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this that one coordinates here. with your shirt. Oh, that blend. I should have had the other well, one. Last one blended with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um Echavira agavoides ebony, and it's got this lovely bluey green uh, foliage, and then you've got this outside 
rim on the on the outer margins of this dark, really dark, almost black colouring. Uh, go close. Let's go. We'll go right into that. Yeah. There we go. Look at oh, there we go. Too much, but there we go. Look at that. That is astonishing. <laughs> it's a really, really strong plant. It was a few years ago. It wasn't that common. Um, and it's a lot more common now. But we've got the true ebony. There's a lot of people that grow them from seed, which aren't true, because this was um this was a hybrid found in in nature. So so there's not it's not a species. It's just a it's a hybrid found. They don't know what the parentage. Parentage is it could just be some kind of spore or whatever, but it's it's a lot of hybrids have come off of this one plant, and there's a lot around around now that of, of uh, that look very similar to this. But yeah, this is this is definitely the the creme de la creme of uh, the mm. echeveras. You put this in stronger light, and the in, the brown will will creep down into the leaf. The ebony brown. It's a good indoor one as well, isn't it? We've, we've yeah. grown it indoor. It's hardy as well. Hardy, yeah. One, one to grow outside. We'll keep it dry. It might start losing some of the lower leaves if it's not dry, but if it can be in a dry spot outside, then then it's perfect for that. Little baby. Yeah, so if you babies. <laughs> this yeah, one the the sort of the edging to those leaves is uh, is so distinctive and uh, eye-catching. Mm. That's, you know, like the... the Succulents are just little mini sculptures in your garden. Oh, they are. Sort of thing, you know. Um, I've, I've got this one because it's actually got a funny name. Um, <laughs> it goes to my shirt. But um, this is also an Echeveria, isn't it? It is an Echeveria, Mark. So yes, it's, not yes. the best, it's not the best <laughs> example of it. Um, but this is Echeveria gibberflora. <laughs> um, and there's something quite unique about the gibberflora is they, they've used it... Um, because the way, the way it grows, it produces um, frilly echeveria. So mm. you hold on to that a minute, Dan. So you get things um, like this. Which is ah. Let me just take this top <laughs> just off. There's, there's none of that went on his laptop, honest. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, echeveria linguis. And this is, um, is it one of Dick Wright's hybrids? Yes. So yeah, Dick yeah. Wright in Australia uses the gibber floor and they make weird things like this. But this is actually an echeveria. But it looks a bit like a nuclear cabbage. Yeah, I don't want to put people off. It looks a little bit like a collection of tongues. Yeah, it, it, it does. It does. Yeah. So it's whatever, <laughs> with, with problems, it's whatever floats your boat, really. But I thought I'd show you because, you know, the, the diverse range of colour and textures and in, oh. in Echeveria. Not hardy, that one. Not hardy. Um, and the original and then, one, whose name I've just forgotten, the, the Gib, Gib one. Gibby Flora. Gibby Flora. Flora. Uh, that... There we go. It's almost, it's got like a water lily thing coming on. Like these little stems with these almost water lily, beautiful um, yeah. leaves. They're, they're, they're all, you know, it's, there's so many different colours, forms and textures in, you know, in the succulent family or crassulaceae family that it's just, there's just something for, for everyone, you know, and that's what I think so, it's, it's so fun, isn't it? Like when we, if you're doing a garden design for someone or whatever that you know they cannot like some people just have blue or some people just have aniums and you know we can use some of the big yucca estratas yucca thompsoniana things like that and just get some you know height and structure and then all this texture is going on underneath yeah that's one of the things i've noticed about our desert because we've got a, an area of the garden which is known as the desert wash and it mimics the kind of landscape you get in arizona 
where you yeah. get probably one really heavy downpour of rain so much that it floods through the landscape and it makes gulches and gullies and then it makes little islands and all the rest of it and when we first planted that which is probably between 15 and 20 years ago you walked through it and you looked down on it now when you talk about using yuccas we were using yuccas and we yucca rostrata and all those kind of things now you're looking up at them that is the amazing thing so you actually walk between the desert so you guys are filling me with huge ideas to under underplant perhaps some of these taller things with yes. some of these hardy um echeverias and um semponiums are on my list too yeah it sounds like it's going to be a piece of music to me but there you go <laughs> <laughs> it does doesn't it <laughs> while we're while we're on on the desert this one um this one's one of dan's hybrids and this is no this is very hardy you know looks great planted alongside mm. ebony this is echoer desert harmony mm. and, ah. and the stronger light the more um pronounced the red tips will go plant that underneath your yucca that would be a really good combination that would yeah and it, it, gets, and it freely offsets as well it gets really big you know brilliant so you'll, get, you'll get um that's you, a baby isn't this, it yeah this this is probably really? this size, is probably yeah. like two get, a year or two old from yeah. like this you know this size sort of thing yeah, yeah. but um you know did i think you Thanks. you mentioned it, um moon shadow you, you saw moon shadow at chelsea yes yeah there's a harmony can get that big generally like basketball size if not bigger and when it gets yay big it then just breaks off into sort of 50 small plants it's quite weird mm. it sort of charges up and then just goes <laughs> off with my offspring <laughs> i am so excited for what's going to be happening in the desert wash alan yeah well i think i'm um, i think those guys are going to be excited about the order they're going to get <laughs> <laughs> um so you get plants that get confused so this is um Echeveria, Chrissy and Ryan, and then when they get weird um, growing points or, or damaged growing points... It looks they, as if it's fasciating. They, they're monstrous, yeah. 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 So they, they go cristate, so they get like a thick... Yeah. Um, but this is like a little, you know, it's like a little pet, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those, are the, those are the, you know, got small space or whatever. So they're normal Chrissy and Ryan's hardy as well, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we, that survived the beast from the east down here, Chrissy and Ryan. Yeah. So that's a particular strain of that one that tends to do the, this sort the, of... That's Chrissy and Ryan, and then this is the Monstrose bit. So that's how it normally looks. And it will go yeah. a whole range of colours. You so, get blue and orange so what, and red. It's, it's just got no growing point, so it just grows sideways, and the leaves just keep forming. So it's Because it's got no single growing point. It's just a confused plant, isn't it? And it's just... Yeah. And then it does send off these little sky shoots, which are original, back to its original state again, so... Yeah, and it's um the they hardly ever flower either, quite stated ones, do they? they? Some some do, but not as very not, not every season. Very like, rarely. Very rare to the get them to flower. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of collectors like these because you just got I don't know what would you call that like a it's like, a like do you remember that cartoon um, Straggle of, Rock or yeah. of, it looks like a it looks like a person, doesn't it? Yeah. What yeah. do you hang out with? <laughs> Have a look, look. Wow, it is like a succession of little pom-poms or sea anemones or something. It looks totally strokeable. I was going to say something else, but I don't want to, I don't want to say Chris. <laughs> I haven't a clue what you mean. <laughs> I told you it was terrible, didn't I? <laughs> um, and then you've got like things that are really sort of rare and collectible. So this is um, Echeveria Pink Sh Champagne. So it's uh, Lowy Cross Romeo, Echeveria Romeo Cross Lowy um again this 
just really beautiful really nice colors um I don't know but if you can see the markings on the leaves. Not hardy. Um, they have like something called Ferena, which is like a, a, a built-in thing. A built-in sunscreen. It also protects them from you from uh, bugs and things like that. People things eating them, attacking them. But people cringe on Instagram because pe I thought people might not know what Ferena is, so I, I scraped it off. And it's like in the Ecuador world, that's like really offensive, that's isn't really it? Really offensive. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? Every time he goes near a plant. <laughs> especially a show plant that we're taking up it's i was like yeah. oh you've been near it haven't you <laughs> oh, just licking off like... all the farina <laughs> it looks like can't use ice and sugar you know <laughs> yeah um, but echovera pink champagne that's quite a, a rare collectible it is it is and so, some of the some of the rare echoveras are just phenomenal amounts of money mm. so you know you yeah. get some you get some it's really so hard collectible. you get some really hardcore people that just want this sort of stuff mm. it's people like Dan so I'm going to I'm going to give you that one I you? should warn people you know if they go to your um if they go to your website they might find themselves feeling drawn to one or two things where the prices might feel a bit scary but yeah. there are lots there's lots that that we can aspire to but there's also lots that we can afford us normal people we don't have to go down the collector route and spend <laughs> sort of 60 pounds um, <laughs> we, do, we do a rare plant fair um once a year as well so we have mm. one at our nursery down at Tremonier and then we have an online rare plant fair and it's it's some of the stuff on there i mean it, it it's like partnering with your child it's it's that rare sort of thing some some of the plants we we talk about it for two years then we get used to the idea of, of putting it in the rare plant fair but we think you know we've got you know got to keep our customers happy we've got a good following so we you know it's, it's better that some of these plants just go to homes where they're a bit more appreciated than you know what we can offer sometimes we've had some really like ultra one-offs and then a year oh, yeah. later you're like why did we do that <laughs> <laughs> i miss it now so yeah, no, sharing's caring isn't it so, yeah 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 but with the rare plant fair that month is an even more lethal month to be on the website yeah <laughs> what month is that so i can stay away from your website october yeah yeah see you in october yeah <laughs> so we're the, we're, the, we're the one at the nursery in september and then we have uh the online one in october mm. they're both lethal we're doing a big opening down at the nursery in april so that's going to be yeah. quite a big thing for us isn't it are we, we going to commit to the date yeah yeah we're 16th of april yeah 16th you heard of it april. here first yeah we're gonna so basically because chelsea was at the end of september we normally we normally go off you know we don't um we don't like to leave cornwall that often like all cornish oh. people and uh, when we come back, we we basically do a, a blend of all of our show gardens down at the nursery. So you know, because I doubt you ever get any ever get any Cornish people going up to London to shows and that. So we, we do it so they can people can oh, come and appreciate it at the nursery. Um, so we do like a show garden because it was sort of right at the end of September. We we didn't really want to put these tender plants out in October. No, no. no. <laughs> so we we basically postponed it till. The 16th, 16th of April. Yeah. So we're going to set up a really huge um, show garden to inspire all for the growing season and to There's celebrate our in there and Chelsea Gold. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... So all, all of them are going to be shown. Feel so. free to put it in your diary and come down. Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. 
If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.